you know, you just kind of go through like your young years, just, oh, you know, injuries aren't really a part of your career because you're young and it's okay and everything is easy. And then when I had that first injury and it was the first time in my life where basketball was taken away from me and I had to sit and watch from the sidelines, I think that I reacted really badly and I was very devastated. Hi and welcome to the Empowerment and Courage podcast. We are your hosts, Ellie and Coco, and we speak to professional athletes so that they can inspire you with their stories. We talk about what's beyond the success, things like the challenges and adversity they had to face, and their advice to anyone with big dreams. In today's episode, Coco speaks with Jackie Gemellos. She's an American Greek basketball player who has represented both Team USA and the Greek national team, played for several teams in Europe, and who is now with the Washington Mystics in the WNBA. Jackie speaks about the transition when she left the US to play basketball in Europe and what it's been like to travel the world to play basketball professionally. She shares what it was like when basketball was taken from her for the first time and how she has managed to overcome five knee injuries throughout her career. Jackie also speaks about what she's learned from her parents, who remain special role models to her today, but also about all the things that basketball has taught her. This is an episode about how to overcome adversity, which is just what Jackie wants to inspire others to do with her own clothing brand, Overcome. So hi Jackie and welcome to our podcast. It's a really a big pleasure of us to have you here. Um, could you start by telling us a bit about yourself, who you are, and uh, what you do for the people that don't necessarily know who you are? Yeah, um, my name is Jackie Jamelis. I play professional women's basketball. Um, this past summer, I was playing for the Washington Mystics WNBA team, and this season, I'm currently playing in Kayseri, Turkey. Um, it's my eighth season overseas. Uh, I played in Italy for four years, Spain one year. Greece two years and now this is my first season in Turkey um, so currently that's where I'm at right now and I'm just I just turned 32 a couple of days ago so I'm kind of getting towards the end of my career but still um, you know really happy to be playing at a high level okay that's awesome and uh, happy birthday late of course oh, uh, thank you <laughs> um, so looking back at the beginning when did you and why did you start playing basketball and not uh, another sport Uh, I started when I was seven years old. I think that my dad had a really big impact on why I started to play basketball. He played in college at Weber State in um, the state of Utah in America. And then he went on to play professionally overseas in Athens, Greece. Um, he, he's from Greece and I'm half Greek, so I have a passport. I play here in Europe as a European player, not an American player, even though I was born in America. Um, but I think I chose basketball because my dad had a really big impact on that. Um, I really loved, um, in Europe football and in America, um, soccer. Um, this was a, a serious sport for me too when I was younger, but I think, um, you know, my dad was so big on basketball and I developed the same love for the game just like he did. So that's ultimately why I chose to play basketball. Okay, that sounds good. And so you talk a bit about like soccer, but did you play as well soccer when you were younger or only basketball? Yes, I played seriously. Um, I played serious both sports, soccer and basketball. And then when I got to high school, I had to choose between which sport. I was really good in both. I enjoyed soccer a lot. Um, but I think that I felt like I loved basketball more than I loved soccer. Uh, so I had more of the passion to choose to play basketball. So that's what I ended up doing. Okay. So I guess like it was a good choice for you looking back at it right now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was a good move for me. <laughs> um, so when did you know that you wanted to become like a professional player? Did it come like straight from high school or before? I think it started in seventh grade, um, which would have made me like 12 years old, somewhere around here. Um, I was getting a big reputation in my state. I'm from California and they were saying, um, I was becoming one of the best seventh graders in the state of California. So I think in that moment I said to myself, wow, this is, I'm really good at this. 
maybe this is something that I can do. I can be in the WNBA. I can play professional. Um, so I think that in seventh grade is when I realized I could have a big career playing basketball. Okay. So that was pretty young, to be honest. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it was young. I, I, yeah, I started receiving like um, recognition and letters from colleges when I was in sixth grade, which okay. is very wow. young. So, yeah. you know, you're only like 11 years old at this time. So it was, I knew I knew at a young age. <laughs> For sure. Um, so you had a really good high school career and you were like one of the best players in the country. Uh, to name a few of your accomplishment awards, you were named like 2016 McDonald's All-American, 2006, sorry, uh, WCA All-American, 2006 National Player of the Year. And after receiving all of this award, did you feel any pressure like going to college that you had to perform? Oh. Um, I think for me, it at that moment before I had my knee injuries, um, I you have a certain mindset when you're at the top, you know, and when in my age group, I was at the top of my age group and um, players like that don't really feel so much pressure because they're so used to the pressure. Um, so it was more, you know, I, I was very um, young minded and kind of a little bit arrogant at the time. Okay. So I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I had so much pressure on me because I knew I was going to be on, As soon as I step on the floor, I would be the best player on the floor. This was my mentality. It was my my mindset at the time. It's not like that anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I was young and I was I didn't understand so much. So um, after I got injured, I started started to feel a lot of pressure after okay. that. Okay, but I mean, also it makes sense when you're young and you get all of this award and all of these people like telling you how good you are. Of course, like. You don't have maybe that yeah. experience or like maturity to be like, wait, wait a minute a bit and, and, and see the thing differently. Exactly. So you say that early on you already got contacted by college and I know that you committed to UConn like pretty young. So was going to college like was something you always had in, uh, in your mind when you were young too? Yeah. Um, I think every young basketball player, Um, you know, you grow up and you watch the University of Connecticut, you watch UConn and you say, okay, Diana Taurasi is there, Sue Bird is there, Swin Cash is there, all these amazing players are there um, and they win national championships. You know, they go there and they win everything and that's every young player's dream. Of course, you want to go there, you want to play there, you want to be the next Diana Taurasi, you want to play for Gina Ariema. Um, so for me, this was my dream and When I was 15 years old, um, I had the opportunity to make a verbal commitment to Gino, and I did. Um, but, you know, it was also a very young decision. Of course. Um, Connecticut is on the other side of, of the United States. Um, I was very close with my family, and they were at every practice of mine, every game of mine. And then the thought of me not being able to have them at my games or not being able to have them and see them anytime I wanted to, I think that... Um, I made a very young decision and maybe I made the, the decision too early. Um, so ultimately I decided to not go to Yukon and I decided to stay in California. So I was closer to my family. Yeah. So, so you then went like to university of Southern California. Yeah. But you had your like first like knee injury, um, in, uh, in high school, like at the end of your senior year. And then you had other several knee injury, but I want to talk about it a bit later. So you only made your college debut in 2010, if I'm right. So overall, in what way did your college year impacted you as a player, but also as a person? That's a really good question. Um, so yeah, you had everything correct. All the dates were right. Um, I didn't play for almost five years is my the last game of my senior year in high school. And then it went all the way until February 10th, 2014. Um, you know, in, in my fourth year, which should have been my fourth year in college. So I was sitting out not playing for about five years. Um, I think that my experience with this, um, it completely changed who I was as a person. Um, I think during that time, I was going through a lot of like ups and downs of like depression and anxiety and developing all of these things. 
um, that a lot of people don't know about because they see, you know, just someone trying to, you know, persevere and play basketball again. Still, I, I was still in a very good situation. I was still at one of the best universities in the world. I was still getting my education. Um, I had an amazing support system, my coaching staff, my teammates, they were wonderful. Um, but me, I was battling with something internally. Um, and that was, you know, I was, I was starting to become more shy. I was started to become more reserved and I, w- I was always this outgoing, fun, loud person. And then when these injuries happened, I kind of became in a shell and I got very, um, insecure with myself. Um, cause I never knew if I was going to be able to play basketball again. I didn't know if I was going to be the best again because I never accepted anything less I always wanted to be the best in everything that I do I was very competitive um so I had these these worries inside um so I think that my college experience it taught me patience um it taught me growth it taught me um perseverance resilience Uh, I use these words because I think these words um very much um kind of define who I am as a person and I and I realized that during those those college years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you would then be where you are right now if you didn't have resilience and persistence. So right. I think, right. Yeah. For sure. Like those words define you like really well. I mean, I don't really know you personally because we just met now, but just by seeing and reading. Uh, or by you, I can definitely like if I will choose a word that will definitely be resilience or persistence. So thank you. That's nice. <laughs> um, so, but despite all of this, in 2011, you were selected to represent Team USA at the World University Game in China, where you actually won the gold medal. Um, what was it for you to be able to represent like your country at the at the international level? Oh my gosh, that was uh, one of the highest points in my career. Um, just to be able to get back on such an elite level like that after being injured for so long um, and always having that, that fear of not being good, um, to be invited to that camp and then, and then to make the team and then to go to China and then to win a gold medal. It was just like, you know, it was incredible. My teammates were Skylar Diggins, Elena Deladon, um, Neka and Chinea Gumake, you know, just the list, the list goes on. It's just a list of incredible players. Um, and I was one of 11 players that they chose for that, for that team. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was amazing. It was the highest, one of the highest points in my career. Um, it's something that I'll never forget. And, um, yeah. And I have my Jersey hung in my house in California. I have the gold medal, uh, you know, in a, in a frame and everything so it's special yeah for sure um so and then after after college after when when you finish college you were like drafted by minnesota Lynx in the wnba in 2012 so even though you had all of this injury was it still like a dream come true like for you to be drafted yeah absolutely um you know my sixth year at usc um, December 19th, we were in preseason and that's when I tore my ACL for the fifth time. Um, and for me, you know, I had January, February and March before they had the WNBA draft. So for those three months, I didn't even get to play because I tore my ACL. So I was out again for another eight to 12 months. Um, so the fact that I was drafted still 31st overall pick to Minnesota, it was like, oh my God, this is a dream come true. This gives me something to hold on to. This gives me a reason to continue to fight and to continue to play. Um, So I chose, I made the decision to rehab again and to try to make this team and do it one more time. Um, So yeah, it was, you know, I didn't expect it. I didn't know what was going to happen, but it was just like, you know, Minnesota and Cheryl Reeve, they took a chance on me in that draft for sure. Of course, of course, and um, and unfortunately, like after all of this, you got released by Minnesota. Like you didn't have enough tough moment, uh, you got another one, <laughs> and 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 but it didn't stop you, and and you went to Europe, and you actually made your first professional debut in Greece. First of all, did you always had in mind 
that you wanted to go to Europe? Was it something that you already thought about it or something that really came up when Minnesota like released you? I think um, as a player from America, when you grow up in USA, your goal is always the WNBA. This is the only goal you have. You don't really think so much about playing in Europe. Um, the older you get, the more you realize Europe has to be a part of your life because number one, we don't get paid enough in just the WNBA season. It's a short season. And number two, European basketball is very good and it's very um, different, but just the thought of having to leave home and go to another country to play basketball, it's scary. Um, <clears throat> so for sure, my first year, I had no idea that I would, I would be in Greece. I think that it was the perfect place for me to play my first season Um, like I said, I have a Greek passport, so I'm a Greek citizen as well. Um, and, you know, my dad played there. My dad lived there. I have family there. So it was like really a good situation for okay. me personally. Um, but I never really had the dream of playing in Europe so much. Um, but, you know, fast forward eight years from my first year overseas, it's been the best thing in my career is being able to play in Europe. I love it here. I like it more than America. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I definitely prefer this lifestyle. I prefer this basketball. I love being here. Um, it's definitely a part of me now. Of course. Um, and like you talked about, like, it's like a big step of your comfort zone to be, to going from the US to Europe. And like, how did you feel about that? Because you, like you talked about, like, you choose to stay in California for college. And then now, all of a sudden, it's not even like in another part in the U.S. It's completely like 6,000 like kilometer away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's scary. You know, it's like uh, you pick up, you take two bags with you and you go, you know, overseas across the world to a different country, to a place where you don't speak the language. You don't understand um, the mentality. You know, you don't know how they play basketball. You don't know the food you don't know how to go in the grocery store and buy uh, things in the supermarket you know it's like you literally start over and you try to acclimate yourself into another world and understand how they think because americans versus europeans it's so different um and i'm sure you know that as well um and it's just you know it's hard but <laughs> yeah. like i said eight years later i love how europeans live i love how they think Um, so it's been it's been good for me. Yeah, of course. But did you like at one point like did you hesitate and did you were like, do I really want to go there or like or was it like I love basketball, I just want to play basketball, I'm gonna go like if I need to go like uh, in another country like there's no problem, I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah, I mean I had doubts at first, um, just like if I wanted to do this or not. Um, but then like after I got over, after I got through my first, I would say three seasons overseas is when I fell in love with playing overseas. But it was like those first three years were hard for me because I was young. I was still trying to understand and learn. Um, and then I think after my third season, I started to love Europe and it was like, okay, this doesn't feel like a job to me anymore. It feels like a luxury it feels like one big vacation and i get to play basketball and i get paid to play basketball yeah of course of course that's awesome yeah um so yeah following your time in greece you went to play in italy and then in 2015 you returned to the us and made your wnba debut with chicago sky uh, what was it like because obviously you were released and then you had all of like this experience um so How was it for you? Was it like a dream for you to be able to to make your debut in WNBA? Yeah, it was um, another one of my high moments in my career was making my first WNBA team. Um, and I was a part of such a special team with so many amazing players. Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, Elena Deladon, Cappy Pondexter, Tamara Young. Um, I mean, it's just uh, the list goes on. It was just such a special team. Um, we had an amazing coach, Pokey Chapman. She really believed in me. She believed in my story. She believed in my um, my character. So I think that all of these things really helped me make the team and make the roster. Um, but I just, you know, I remember 
Um, we have key. She gave us keys. There were twelve keys, and she gave one key to each of the players. And when she gave, when she handed me my key, I just like I lost it emotionally. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my god, this is everything I had ever worked for my whole life." And I was twenty six years old when I finally was, uh, you know, m- when I made the WNBA, when I made this league. And I actually, I have a tattoo on my arm here. It says 20, 26. Okay. Um, so that was, that was the year I played in the WNBA. And it was, it was one of the best years of my life. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome that you were able yeah. to actually make that dream come true. Yeah. So through your eight years of like your professional career, Um, so far, you've been like moving a lot between the US and the Europe to play basketball. Um, so you talked a bit about this experience, but how is it like for you to, um, is that not too difficult sometimes to always move like this and not to really have like one place where you feel like home? Because we, in the first season, we interview, uh, the basketball player like Julie Van Loo that play for Belgium. Um, And she talked about the fact that it was difficult for her to open up uh, to people because every year she will be moving. And so how was it for you? Yeah, uh, first of all, I know Julie Van Lue. We played in Italy one year um, at the same time. She was in Ragusa. I was in Napoli. Um, Really, really good player. Nice, nice girl. Um, Yeah, you know, I had, you know, similar experience. I mean, every year when you change teams, you know, you change countries, you change friends, you have to learn the culture, the language, the food, you know, everything is so different. Um, I was very lucky. I had the luxury of playing in Italy for four four years. Um, so things were more familiar there for me. It kind of felt more like home. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's true. Like this is my first year in Turkey and I don't know any, I never, I didn't know anyone on the team. I didn't know you know, anything about the country. I'm in a, I'm in a city where it's, you know, there's not a lot to do. Um, no one speaks English here. So like, yeah, it's, it sucks. It's scary. It's, it's hard. Um, (laughs) especially, you know, I'm 32 years old now and like it, it gets harder as you get older because, you know, you just want it to be easy. You want it to, to feel natural, but it's, you know, you don't, For sure, in Turkey, it's way different than any other country that I've been to. Um, amazing country. The people are so nice. Um, and, and I'm very open to new cultures. But it's also very exhausting. And it's hard. And it's hard to, like, make friends. Especially when, like, the Turkish girls don't speak very good English. They try so hard and they're so nice. Um, but it's just a language barrier. And same with the coach. You know, it's he doesn't speak you know, perfect English. So it's hard to communicate. Um, and, but this is just kind of what you deal with and this is what you have to accept, um, in our sport, in our, in, in what we do. Of course. And yeah, you talked about the fact that it's like difficult. And the thing is like, you're reminded of it every day because just the simple thing of going to do food shopping, like you, you don't really like yes. necessarily like understand what is this, like what, um, what food am I getting or just to talk to the person like once you have like just a small like issue that is something that you don't think about but yeah exactly but if you have been doing that for eight years I'm sure there is a lot of like a good point as well what are the best part of moving from the US to Europe and also meeting these new people and then discovering this new culture yeah so like my experience overall it's way more positive than negative Um, I mean, I love the fact that I have so many different friends around the world. You know, I've met so many different people in all the countries that I played in. And, you know, I have one of my best friends. She's from Slovenia. Um, you know, we met when we played on the same team in Italy and then I have all my friends in Greece and then I have my friends in Italy. And then now I have people here in Turkey. Um, so I think building relationships is the best part about this. And being able to travel and see different parts of the world. Like for me, I'm one of the Americans that I always go do touristy things. I always go see everything that I can see because I love to travel. I love to see new things. Um, So really indulging myself into the culture and 
um, understanding how they live, why they do this, why they think this way, why they do that. Um, it's important for me because it makes me more, you know, it makes me more well-rounded. Um, and I'm very, I appreciate this so much because I think uh, living in Europe has made me more mature. It's made me a better person. Um, it's made me just, you know, appreciate more things and experience more things. Like basketball has given me this opportunity to do all of these things that most people don't get the chance to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I love it. And I'm, I have way more positive things than negative things to say. Of course. That's awesome. So yeah, you, you will say that you've grown as a person like a lot from if you will have stayed in the U.S., for example. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. I think, um, you know, you just develop more of a mindset and you have a more like well-rounded way of thinking. It's not just one dimensional, like Americans think that their idea is the right way, nothing else, you know, and mm-hmm. all, they believe you should work, 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 never stop, try and um, be better than the person next to you. But in Europe, it's like, it's more relaxed. It's more, let's enjoy life. Let's let's go have a coffee let's let's move at a slower pace but let's enjoy what's around us um yeah. and i think that you know they appreciate the life more here than we do in america yeah i mean it, yeah it's it's different two different cultures so i can yeah completely like agree with you yeah um, and so in 2018 you were like selected to represent the greek national team um what did it mean to you as your dad is from Greece, like you talked about before. Yeah, um, I think you're highlighting all of like the top moments in my career. <laughs> um, and this is one of them, just like being able to put on that uniform and represent Greece. It was like so meaningful to my family, to all of my Greek family, especially my dad. Um, it just, you know, it was it was different than putting on my USA uniform. Um, I think you, when you put on that USA uniform, it's more like, okay, I'm like one of the best players in the world. But then when you put on this like Hellas Greek uniform, it's like you have pride to be putting this jersey on, yeah. you know, and it's like you're playing, you're playing for a country, even though you're from America, but you're representing um, the Greeks. And, you know, they, they always say to me, Like, we consider you Greek because you have royal blood. This is what they say to me as they're Greek and I'm American. And they accept me because I have this blood, you know. And for me, like, it gives me the chill. It gives me the chills because I'm like, you know, this is just so incredible. Like, I've played for two different countries. I'm representing everything that my dad's side, um, they live for, you know. And it's just, like, I loved it. It was great. Of course. So is that like still, is it like a goal for you to represent Greece again if the opportunities come? Yes, of course. I mean, um, I'm, you know, I feel very much a part of the national team. I I didn't play with them in November for qualifications um, this past November because I'm working through some things and trying to get healthy and be be good for my club here in Kayseri. Um But I think in the future for, you know, hopefully we'll um, qualify for Eurobasket this summer. And that's the goal. So if we qualify for Eurobasket, depending on if I play WNBA or Eurobasket, um, you know, both situations are really good. But I definitely have um, hopes to still remain with the national team if, you know, my body allows me to and everything. Of course. That's awesome. Thank you. So we've talked a lot about like, all of the different like awards that you got and all of the different like awesome thing that you've been experienced to. But after being a professional basketball player for eight years, like eight season now, uh, what would you say success mean to you? Is that like the award? Is that like playing the sport that you love traveling around the world? Like if you could define what success means for you? Um, I think for me, if I had to define success, it's just, um, like living my dreams and doing everything that I always wanted to do. Um, and that was to play at, at a high level, you know, to be happy, um, to, to get paid well, because you have to live, you have to, you have to have a comfortable life. Um, and I've, I've gotten all of these things. I think that I've gotten success out of playing the game of basketball because it's fulfilled me in, internally. It's fulfilled my soul. Um, you know, I've, I'm I'm happy. I love what I do. I get to travel. 
Um, and I'm playing at a high level. And a lot of people didn't think I would be able to play at a high level after all of my knee injuries. So um, this is success for me, for sure. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And we talked about like about different peak in your career and high moment. But if you could pick one one of your favorite memory, what would it be? Um, I think one of my f like one of my favorite memories was playing in the WNBA this past summer in the bubble. Um, I think that it was such a unique season, and it was a very condensed season. A lot of people didn't think it was going to be possible. It was going to happen. Um, we were representing, you know, an issue that was not only basketball, but an issue in, in the life in America. And that's like the social injustice. Um, and, you know, I think that the, yeah, I think that the WNBA made a huge, um, you know, took a huge stand and really represented the United States very well. Um, uh, and we did our part in kind of trying to help the situation and shedding light onto the situation, whether people agreed with it or not. Um, it was very special to be a part of one group that all had the same idea, all had the same mindset, and they wanted to, to do something collectively. And I think it's, you never see one league where everyone is on the same page. There's always people yeah. that feel differently or, you know, and we were all together standing in one big group and we decided to boycott two of our games Um, just just for this situation and it was very special to be a part of and it, it gives me like the chills thinking about it and just like being in that being in that moment and being a part of something so amazing and then also playing in the WNBA actually playing getting playing time um, playing against my favorite player ever of all time Diana Trosiak it was just like I couldn't have asked for a better summer and experience so that was my highlight for sure okay okay that's awesome Um, yeah, and I saw that picture that you had uh, on your Instagram with uh, Danny, I think. So that's yeah. that's, re yeah, that's really, really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So something that we like talked a lot in our podcast as well is also like the toughest challenge and challenges that you had to face during your career. Um, so we talked a bit about your knee injury, but you first got injured like at the end of your high school um, senior year. Uh, so you were really young. So How did you really react to that injury and how did you overcome that first challenge? Um, I think that, you know, I was so young and I had never been, um, the game of basketball was never taken away from me. And, you know, you just kind of go through like your young years, just, oh, you know, injuries aren't really a part of your career because you're young and it's okay and everything is easy. And then when I had that first injury and it was the first time in my life where basketball was taken away from me and I had to sit and watch from the sidelines, I think that I reacted really badly and I was very devastated um, because all I wanted to do was play basketball. I didn't care about school. You know, I just did the bare minimum, make grades so, so that I could play basketball. This was like my mindset. You know, I hated school. All I wanted to do was play basketball. Um. So I was, you know, I had this type of mentality. So I was, I was just very sad and like depressed and, um, you know, I was young. So I was still eating the same ways that I always ate my whole life. And I gained a lot of weight my first year at USC. I gained like 25 pounds. It's like four, like 12, 13, 14 kilos, something like this. Like, you know, I put on a lot of weight because I was still, I still had the same, um, idea the same way of living but I wasn't playing anymore so I needed to adjust yeah. I needed to make changes um so I think that I just I reacted very badly but I knew that all I wanted to do was play basketball again so it was like okay like get over this get through this so that I could get on the court again okay so your love for basketball is what like really helped you to go through uh, this injury yeah for sure it was my the love for basketball absolutely Of course. Um, so a lot of athletes do obviously go through like one or two injuries, but definitely not everyone um, goes through like five knee injuries, especially not in like six years. So how did you manage to come back not only one, but five times, you know? It obviously like takes a lot of rehab and so it's, it has an impact physically, but also like mentally. And I think sometimes we forgot about that mentally pain, you know? So how did you deal with everything 
Yeah, I think that looking back on everything, I think I'm really stubborn. Um, I think I'm overly competitive. Um, and, you know, I think that like my passion and my love for the game of basketball, um, it's just really the reason why I continued to try and come back and to overcome my injury and to try and play again. Um, I didn't feel right inside myself if I didn't at least give it a try and try and try and keep trying. Um, you know, and it was very difficult because a lot of doctors, a lot of physical therapists, my family, my friends, a lot of people wanted me to stop playing. They didn't think that they thought I was crazy. They think, you know, stop, do something different. Yeah. You know, and, and in my head, I'm like, you know what? No, like I'm going to show everyone, including myself, like, this is what I want to do. This is why I feel I was born. Like I'm here on this earth to play basketball, to this, that's what I, this is what I felt. This is what I wanted to do. Um, you know, fast forward now, I look back on things and I say, you know, I think what I was meant to do was to inspire other players and to help other players um, have a stronger mindset of overcoming this injury. If I can do it five times, someone else can do it one time, twice, three times. I don't know, you know. Of course. <laughs> so it's like now I look back on it and I'm like, okay, my reason, my purpose was to inspire and to help um, other players. And this is what I love the most because I would, if I could change, I would never change anything. Put it that way. I would never change anything. Of course. That's awesome. And I think like, I think you already inspire other people. Definitely. Uh, whether like basketball player or not. And you're definitely going to keep inspiring other people because story like yours, there is not a lot of them. So you definitely like inspire a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Thank you. No, of course. Um, so would you say that you learn uh, to deal with like injury in a different way from like the first time that you got like your knee surgery and your uh, fifth time? Because obviously you grow as well as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it took me five times to understand how to overcome the injury. And for me, it's like the first time I made mistakes. The second time I made mistakes. The third time I made mistakes. The fourth time I made mistakes. The fifth time I was perfect. You know, yeah. and it's like, it takes, it takes you, it took me so long to understand everything that had to go into it. But that was also because I had, um, you know, different, a, a different support system. I had a different physical therapist. I needed something different. Um, and I had the same physical therapist, the same doctors, the same people for four years maybe my body was, you know, needed something different. And okay. I had something different. Um, my physical therapist, Fabrice Gautier, uh, he's from France, and he's a big time um, physiotherapist slash osteopath that's based in Beverly Hills. Um, and for, for me, he really changed my life. He's really um, the reason why I'm still playing today. He changed my mentality. He changed my rehab. He changed everything. He changed the way I ate. Um, so he put all of his energy and everything that he knew into making me um, come back from a fifth ACL tear and be okay, you know. And I, I still think till till this day, if it wasn't for him, you know, I don't know where I would be. Okay, that's that's awesome, and I can see how humble you are as well because you always talk about other people and stuff that help you through. Mm -hmm. Uh, your your tough challenges but at the end of the day it was you decided to keep going as well no matter if you had the right person next to you of course it helped but I think like you also have to to give you credit for what you've done yeah yeah for sure I mean absolutely if it wasn't if I didn't make the decision then yeah it wouldn't be possible but I think also too, it's so important the support system that you have. Of course, um, you know it, it makes such a difference, uh, and I feel I feel lucky that I had that. You know, but yes, I agree with you too. Of course, that's cool. Yeah. So, did you had any like time like in your lowest moment where you wanted to give up on basketball and just be like, you know what, uh, I'm gonna do something else, and and that's it. Um, you know, I think, of course, I had those moments where I was like, okay, maybe I need to think twice about this, but it never lasted very long. Like these thoughts in my head, it never lasted so long. And it was like, okay, I had, I gave myself these days or whatever it was to feel sorry for myself and to ask why, 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 why me? Why do I deserve this? And blah, blah, blah. 
and then like always eventually something switched and it was like okay you know it's time to plug back in it's time to refocus it's time to do what I know I'm going to do anyways so let's start it now let's get back on track let's get going um but yeah I mean of course I think I would be literally clinically crazy if I didn't have those like doubts (laughs) um you know but it's like like I said they didn't last very long okay okay yeah so after all of these challenges you didn't give up and you kept going and we talked about resilience and persistence like where do you think this come from like and why you are so resilient and persistent Um, I think it starts from my parents. Um, My mom is a breast cancer survivor. Um, She's an ovarian cancer survivor. She's had a stroke. Um, She's been through very many um, troubled, hard times in her life. Um, And then I have my dad who overcame prostate cancer. Um, And he's been a, he's a, yeah, he's a recovering alcoholic. Um, He's been sober for like 37 years. Um, So I think that I have two very special, important people, my parents in my life that kind of set the standard for me. And they taught me what it is to be strong. They taught me what it is to fight. Um, So I think that I got this like instilled in me at a really young age. And they kind of like molded me into this person that I am. And I give them all the credit because if it wasn't for them, if I had different parents, like I probably wouldn't, this wouldn't be my story. Okay. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, and so with this experience that you have, what would you say are the most important key for anyone facing adversity to actually overcome it? Yeah. Um, for me, it's just like everyone is going to face fear at some point in their life, but I think, um, you know, confronting your fears and actually Um, looking at them straight in the face and still trying to achieve what you want to achieve and, um, you know, make your dreams real life and realistic, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to be great. You know, nothing comes easy. Um, And I think that like, if you have a passion, if you like something and you love something, like not every, it's not, it's not often that you meet people that love what they actually do. So it's when you love something and this is what you see, no matter what other people are telling you, you know, it's up to you and it's what you want in your life. Um, And like another thing I always say is like, I think that like your tribe, your support system is so important. Like just having people around you that want the same things for you and they want you to do well um, and they see your visions, they see your goals. Like I think that this has been huge in my life and I, I really like, strongly encourage people to have those good influences around them yeah okay okay that's that's a good one i could i completely agree with you um so you so you (laughs) talked about like one of your tattoo but you actually have a lot more tattoo and i've heard that many of them have a like special meaning for you Mm -hmm. i'm especially like intrigued by two that i saw on your instagram the first one is like one that you got not too long ago like i i just didn't quit Mm-hmm. Also, like uh, Jason Tatum has the same one, a uh, player from the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the second one is also the one that you have, like, uh, just in your knee. Um, I think it's below below your scar. Um, it's the magic of risking everything for a dream that nobody sees but you. Um, do you mind sharing what are these tattoos and maybe also other one mean to you? Yeah, well, the two that you just described are my favorites. Um, and like, they mean so much to me. They're very obvious. Like when I say it's the magic of risking everything for a dream that nobody sees but you, it was, um, inspired by my story and just everything that I had been through, um, you know, with so many different doctors and physical therapists and friends and family that wanted me to stop playing. But I still had this, like this dream and like, nobody saw the dream except me. So it was like, you know, I risked so much, my body, um, you know, you know, my happiness, like whatever it was, I risked so much to be able to see this dream, you know, unfold and actually happen. Um, and then the, I just didn't quit. Um, it, I mean, self-explanatory, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't quit, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And like when I saw that on Jason Tatum, I just like fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my God, I have to copy him. Like <laughs> whatever, you know, I'm going to get it. Um, and then I have on my leg overcome, which is um, a word that I, it's like my favorite word in the world. I think that it describes who I am. I've overcome these injuries. Um, and it's also, I started like a sports apparel clothing line um, that I named the overcome brand. And that's been really fun for me. It's a hobby. It's nothing serious, but it's just something I really enjoy doing. Um, and then a lot of the things that I like, I design or create, it's like things that mean something to me. It's like inspirational things, quotes, motivational things that like have helped me. And then I just like, like to put on t-shirts or sweatshirts or something like this. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to a lot of the things that, um, I put out there, you know, um, so that's, you know, my overcome tattoo. I really love, um, I, I mean, I've got, I literally got so many tattoos. Like <laughs> I can't even explain all of yeah. them, but like the, the main ones, like I have here on my forearm, it's Mahiti Kipsihi in Greece. In Greek, it means fighting soul. So like you can understand that they all kind of have a similar meaning, a similar like, um, understanding. And, um, this was very special to me, um, I have 26 on my forearm, like the year that I made the WNBA, which was like a huge year for me. Um, and then I have like on the back of my calf, um, this was inspired by one of my friends, Tamara Young. Um, she also has a clothing line. She's a WNBA basketball okay. player. She's got a lot of tattoos, um, but it's just believe in yourself and then highlighted in red be you. And I think that that's like always been me. I've always believed in myself. I've always been myself no matter what. Um, and this was like something that I really loved. So yeah, those are some of my favorites. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was important for you to actually put them on your body to have them every day with you. And yeah, I mean, my mom always says like, why don't you just write it down on a piece of paper or like draw a painting or something? Why do you have to get everything <laughs> tattooed on you? And she like, she has a big problem or used to have a big problem with my tattoos, um, But now it's just kind of a part of me and it's like who I am. Um, and like, yeah, so I, I'm just very emotional. I'm an emotional person and um, I'm just someone who loves tattoos. And when I really like feel something, when I love something, I get it. That's just who I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And actually, like it was pretty funny because we were like doing this like uh, research on you for this interview and, and doing this and then. And then we watched that movie, uh, Million Dollar Baby. Oh, yeah. The boxing the, movie. Yeah, exactly. And the quote that you have on your knee is actually like in the movie from, and then it's like Morgan Freeman that said, the one like, it's the magic of risking everything for a dream that nobody sees but you. And then me. I and, didn't know it was in that movie. Yeah, so it's actually. That's so cool. And yeah, and we actually watched this movie like Friday. And we actually look at each other and we were like, wait, is that not the quote from uh, Jackie on the knee? And we saw like it was just. Oh, my funny. God, that's <laughs> yeah. crazy. That's cool. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's it was just like, I don't know. It just, I guess it was fade yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was just fun. Wow. That's so cool. That's really cool. <laughs> and you should definitely watch it again. It's a really good movie. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna watch it now, like for sure. Now that I know that's where the quote's from, I didn't know that's where the quote was from. I, one of my old coaches, he actually sent me this quote, and he had my picture on it. And I was like, oh my god, I love this quote. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put this as a tattoo for sure. But I didn't know where it came from. Yeah, so, so that's really there we that's go. really you neat. have it now. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So. When we think about sport in general, we not only, um, it's not only about the physical performance, but also the mental side of it. We, we touch a bit about it, but what role does mental game play in basketball? Yes, the mental game. Um, obviously, like, I, for me, I think the mental game is like 90%. Like, it's, it's so much. Um, and I do a lot of reading about, like, I have books and stuff that I've read about the the mind and I think that maybe this is why I have this idea that how important the mind is um and like how not as important like the physical part of it is it's like so much the mind um and a perfect example is like when I was in high school I had the mentality of I was the best player no matter what 
And then after I had all these injuries trying to come back, I was so unsure of myself and my mentality was so messed up. And it took me a long time to get to another, to a high level, you know, again. So I think that like the mental aspect of it, um, if you have a healthy mind, you're playing good, you're, you're enjoying it, uh, you're happy, you know, and when your mind is not so strong, everything is shit, you know, you don't feel good, your mentality, you know, it affects everything around you and your life. Um, So for me, mentality is so important. And, um, you know, I've, I've been able to speak with a lot of people and I've had, you know, a fortunate luxury to be able to talk to a lot of professionals and help with my, my the mind aspect of the game of course and would you say it's like as important as the physical game oh yeah i think it yeah I, i think it's more important than the physical game for me i think um when the when the mentality is is good everything else is taken care of you know you basketball and, and sports they're so repetitive we know how to play we've been doing this our entire life um of course there's always room for improvement you can always learn But when the mentality is solid, you know, everything else is easier. Okay. okay. This is my opinion. Okay. That's cool. Um, so in order to get like where you are today, you obviously like had to work extremely hard physically, but you also require a lot of like inspiration, motivation, determination, uh, and resilience. Like we, we talked about it before. Um, growing up, what and who was your biggest inspiration and motivation every day? Um, my family, for sure. Um, but I think like as like an icon, someone like professionally that I looked up to, um, Michael Jordan, um, Pistol Pete Maravich, Diana Taurasi. These are three people in, that have impacted me and my life as players more than any anything and more than anyone. Just like um, their mentality and like the champion that they are, like how much work they put in, how hard, how hard they're working, um, you know, how strong they are mentally, how they take care of their bodies, um, how they treat their teammates, you know, they're just such professionals and they're such warriors and they're such champions. I think for me that like carried everything such a long way. Um, and seeing those, those people, they were my inspirations in my life. Okay, that's awesome. Um, is that something that still motivates you today, or, or do you have like other inspiration now that you're older? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think just sports in general, and just like um, hearing sports, and just like hearing, um, you know, what people go through every day, just different athletes. I think so many people are inspirations to me in my career. And so many different stories have like resonated with me and made me feel something. Um, and like for me, that's what I live for. I live for like hearing about people's struggles and adversities and how they've been able to overcome and come out of it. Um, so, you know, I love following the Players Tribune. It's one of my favorite platforms. Um, and I love seeing the stories and, and listening and hearing about the struggles that people have gone through. So I think that all of these athletes have inspired me along the way. Okay, okay, okay. That's that's cool. Yeah. And so playing basketball like for so many years, what would you say that he has taught you, not on the court but also off the court as well? I think patience. Um, I think teamwork. I think communication. I think leadership. Um, these are all things that the game has done for me. It has made me who I am today it's I, I've developed into someone that I'm happy about I'm happy with you know and um I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't be this person if it wasn't for basketball and everything that I endured within it okay so you will say like sport is like life basically and what you learn you can actually apply in your life every day oh yes 100 okay um so You talked a bit about it, but aside from um, from playing basketball, you also created your like uh, your brand called like Overcome. Yes. Can you tell us a bit more about it and where did you get this idea and why did you like actually start it? Yeah. Um, so I have always loved um, the idea of watching people create like a clothing line. Um, I think being in Los Angeles and seeing a lot of my friends that have developed 
a clothing brand or line that um, represents them. I was able to see that and how they did it and how it unfolded. And um, when I entered the WNBA, I became close with a friend of mine, Tamara Young, um, and then watching her develop her line and see how successful she was with it and how creative she was able to be within it. Um, I think that that's really what triggered me to want to do one of my own. Um, so I just kind of wanted to make mine more so about, I wanted to have some sort of like online, um, you know, quote unquote business, something that I could do while I'm traveling, something that can take my mind and everything off of basketball, something different. Um, so I thought what better way to do it than start a clothing line and have it represent who I am. And that's like, everyone knows of me as the girl who has overcome five ACL injuries and still is playing in the WNBA. You know, so it's like, why not use that? And why not, you know, do motivational, inspirational things around clothes? Because I, I love style. I love style. I love clothes. I love streetwear. I love basketball clothes, you know, and it just like, it made sense to me to want to do this. So I, I decided that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted it to be about um, overcoming adversity and like things that inspire people and like they're proud to wear. Of course, of course. And I, I had a look at some of your clothing and saw that some of them also were specifically about female athletes and about empowering uh, women. So that uh, the equality question like within sport is something that thankfully has gotten more attention over the past year especially like this year and also the fact like with also the u.s soccer team and morgan rapinoe and alex morgan uh, megan rapinoe sorry <laughs> um and so based on your experience like what do you think can be done differently or better because obviously it's not the same as guys in terms of like structure conditions salaries yeah i mean you know this is such a hard topic because the obvious um, answer is women don't generate as much money as men do. Um, but I think that the more um, visibility that we can get on big networks like ESPN, um, people will watch and people will see um, it's not just, you know, bullshit basketball, it's good basketball. And if they can be more open-minded to this and actually watch You know, the numbers for our visibility in the WNBA this summer were up extremely high. Um, and that's because we had the opportunity to be on such a, a big platform. So given that um, luxury this summer, I think it's helped things. Um, I think that um, the support of the NBA, the support of, you know, our men, our men's league is huge. I think the more that Um, you know, it sucks because Kobe Bryant, what happened to him, it's so unfortunate because he was such a huge ally for women's basketball with his daughter. Um, and he was really shining light on the WNBA. Someone like him that took genuine interest and genuine, um, genuinely supported us and wanted us to excel because he knew his daughter might be in that league someday. Um, if we can have more people like him that are supporting us. Like Chris Paul has done great things for us. And, um, you know, there are some players out there that have shined the light on us and it, and it's helping. That helps big time because fans and people see the NBA supporting us. So they're going to start supporting us. That's what people do. It's like a bandwagon, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so for me, those are the biggest things. And I think that with time, things are only going to continue to get better and better and better. Of course, it just takes a lot of time, unfortunately. Um, yeah. yeah, and it might, it's probably not going to be while I'm playing, but that's okay. For the future, it might be. Yeah, and that's why it's also important for you to play your part into it. Because maybe, like you say, maybe you w maybe not be that impacted while you're playing, but maybe the younger generation will be impacted mm -hmm. because of what you've done. So Exactly. So it's important for you to also share that with your brand. And who do you hope to reach with your brand and your message? Like, is that just people playing basketball? Is that like... Yeah, I mean, you know, I hope to reach anyone, anyone. Like, I'm not just like trying to reach one specific kind of person. It's just whoever it reaches, whoever it reaches, whoever it like, um, you know, people people can like it people cannot like it but if it helps someone if they see it and they like it and they want to represent that they want to wear that because that's what they believe 
um, you know, then like, that's great. I don't care if it's like young players. I don't care if it's, uh, people in my, in my WNBA, um, you know, friends, I don't care if it's NBA players. I don't care who it is. I just, you know, it's just, um, it's important to me, the message that I'm spreading and it's, I like it. So that's what I'm doing. I'm liking it. So not everyone is going to like it, you know, but a lot of people or some people might, you know, they might really, um, enjoy the inspiration you know that's like that's my goal to come out of it of course that's awesome and obviously we will put the link uh, to your website and everything in the description of the the episode so everyone can have a look at it and uh, and uh, yeah yeah that's awesome i can like i tore my acl twice so i can relate to the t-shirt acl gang so that's awesome oh wow <laughs> yeah well then maybe maybe i'm gonna send you an acl gang t-shirt then <laughs> oh that so you, that would be you awesome can, <laughs> yeah you can send me your information and i'll make sure i get one to you oh that's awesome thank you <laughs> yeah yeah of course speaking about reaching and inspiring other being a professional basketball player and having the platform that you have Um, do you see yourself as a role model for kids, but also for other people out there? Um, I mean, yeah, I think that I'm a role model. I think that I'm a role model in a specific um, group. And I think that, um, you know, my story has impacted players and people um, just like, you know, being an example of someone who has... Um, been able to to fight this and to still play at a high level. I think that that's, you know, I could be considered a role model to some people that maybe didn't give up or maybe decided to try and do it again and push for their dream just because they read about my story. So I think that, yeah, you know, on a small, small level, in some ways I'm a role model. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And moving forward, uh, what are your goals into like in in your basketball career um well like i said i'm getting a bit older now um you know so i've done i've done pretty much everything i ever wanted to do um in my basketball career my basketball life now it's just like enjoying and and just loving it and being happy and um you know these kinds of things so um there's not really anything more that i feel like i need to accomplish which is amazing because when I do step away from the game, um, it's going to, I'm going to feel very fulfilled and very okay with it. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. Okay. okay. And talking about the fact that you getting older, I also saw on your Instagram that you've been vegetarian for about a year now, something like this. Um, yeah. Why, why did you change your diet and how it has impacted you? Um, so I changed my diet, um, just because I wanted to do something different and I had watched documentaries. My sister's a doctor. Um, there's just a lot of things that, um, inspired me to want to try to be vegetarian and to try to, to see if maybe my energy levels would change or I would feel better about myself if I did decide to take meat out of my diet. Um, and I did this one a little bit over a year ago. Um, and I feel a big difference in my body structure, just like, um, I've been able, like I lost weight from it, which I love because I like to be thin. I like to play thin. Um, my energy levels as I'm playing were really good. were really high. I felt like I had more energy. Um, and I felt healthier. I just felt like I was eating better. I was eating more vegetables. I was eating more fruit. You know, I was putting better things in my body and I just like overall, my system was just better. Um, so I tried this the first like two weeks was hard because I loved, I was like, pers- I loved meat, you know, I always ate yeah. meat and in Europe there's like such good options and they're meat options. Um, so it was like, it was hard for me the first two weeks, but now I go on with my life. I don't even think about it anymore. Okay. And do you intend of like going like completely like vegan and, and, and taking out like dairy product as well? Uh, yes, eventually I do um, want to get to this point. Right, I'm not ready yet. Um, I think I need to live in America in order to like be vegan because I think there's a lot more vegan options there. Yeah. Um, and it's just like they they cater more to like people who are vegan because there's so many more people that are vegan there. 
Um, so there's just more options for that. So I think that I won't make that step until I move back home, until I'm officially at home. For sure. And I guess being like a Greek uh, must be hard to take off uh, cheese out of your life. <laughs> oh my God, that's going to be the worst. That's the worst part. Cheese and eggs for me, it's like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I need I, I vegan cheese. They don't have that yeah. here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's true. It's true. So, um, so this podcast is about sharing professional athlete unique story to show that everyone's journey is different and that there are different ways to reach your goal. So if you could give one piece of advice to the people who are listening and have big dream, what would it be? Um, never give up on your dreams. I think that that's like kind of what I uh, represent. Just like I had a dream when I was young and you know, if like, if you're passionate about it, if you love it, if it's like something that um, does something to you that nothing else can do, I say, put all your eggs in one basket, because like, so you'll never have to like, look back and regret and wish that you would have. Um, and I'm like, all about living my life to the fullest and taking every opportunity, doing everything that I believe in, doing everything that I want to do for me, because it makes me happy, because we only have one life to live, you know, Um, yeah, for sure. And I just, yeah, I'm just very passionate about like living your dreams and figuring out like what your passion is and like going for it and like never looking back and giving everything you could possibly give to it. Okay, amazing, amazing advice. So, um, just you. to conclude, for the people that are listening who would like to follow you on your journey, where are you like the most active in social media? Is that Instagram? For sure, I'm. Yeah, most active on Instagram, and I'm really starting to, like, get more active on Twitter. I love Twitter now. Okay. <laughs> um, like, before, like, I wasn't so into it, but I'm really into it now. Um, so, for sure, Instagram and Twitter are my two favorite social media handles. Of course. Perfect. So, we'll put all of the link in the description, of course, as well as your website for the close. Awesome. Uh, so, I just wanted to say, like, thank you. Thank you so much, because I had the amazing time, and And your story is just so inspiring. You're such a really nice person. So thank you so much for for coming into our podcast. Yeah, no, thank you. And I also wanted to say to um, of all the interviews that I've done, like you were very prepared and you asked like really good questions. Uh, you knew like everything about my timeline and my story. And like I can't tell you how many times I've had interviews where people like don't say the right thing or have no idea. You know, like, and it was just very professional. And like, I could tell that you really read everything. Um, and I also had a really good time speaking with you too. So I, thank okay. you for everything. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and give us five stars. It really means a lot to us. You can find all of the links to Jackie's social media in the description below. For more information about us and the podcast, follow us on Instagram at ecpodcast underscore. See you next week.